Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. As adults, we're very practical people, and we tend to take what we're experiencing and try to fit it into our existing experience. And if it doesn't fit with our existing experience, we're less likely to believe it. I don't want employees to wait for their manager to make it safe because you'll wait forever. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. One of the most common and unseen excuses in our world is caretaking. Caretaking comes from a caring place, but lets someone off the hook or otherwise doesn't serve another in a way that hurts everyone involved. Caretaking is fundamentally about the caretaker who is avoiding confrontation, wanting to be liked, or has some other very understandable self-interest that they hide by making it about what the other person needs. How does this affect a workplace and what do you do about it? Keep listening to find out more. This series is from a recent webcast that happens each week for members. For more information about the many benefits of clear and open membership and how to get the help you need in conversations like this, please go to clearandopen.com. Now let's dive in. Today, I want to talk for a while about a subject that doesn't get talked a lot about in management cultures and business cultures, but or in our culture in general but is a really insidious issue that looks really good on the outside, but causes a lot of difficulty and unnecessary friction. So I want to start by telling you, by forewarning you, that this is likely to challenge some of your beliefs, some of your ways of looking at things. And so as just a, you know, not that I ever do that, but, but this one in particular, this may challenge you. So from the very beginning, I, I want to invite you to take a moment and check in with yourself and slow down the videotape of your experience because I'll assert something, maybe challenge you, challenging you right off the bat. We're all resisting all the time. We're all resisting all the time. There's always some voice in us who's taking in something about reality, some aspect of us that's taking in some perception of reality that he or she doesn't like and saying, nope, not true, don't like that. And the, the way you can be sure that that's going on is if you don't notice it. Because it's going on all the time. Certainly some of you have had this experience where have you ever um, broken something? Like you drop a glass or something or... You know, one time my guitar fell off a bar stool and I remember my, my first reaction was like, that didn't just happen. Do you know what I mean? It's something or like a car accident, something really bad like that. Sometimes it gets really loud then. Or you ever like, you know, an entire box of cereal ends up upside down and just covers the whole floor, you know, and it's manageable. But do you ever hear that voice in you that's like, ah, that didn't just happen. 
And there's this moment where some voice in you, it's so loud because, you know, the event was kind of acute. It's so loud that this voice is like, if I just believe that isn't true, maybe I can undo it. Also happens when you're using a computer a lot because there's this, you know, you can hit control Z and some in computer land, you can undo a lot of stuff. You ever been using a computer so much that something happens, you know, you drop a glass and you break it and you just reach for the control Z. Like maybe I can undo that. So this is in us. We, we have the capacity to say no to reality, which is a really interesting thing about human beings because it doesn't appear that animals can do that. We, it seems as if we're the only animal, of course we can't know, but it seems as if we're the only animal on the planet that can deny reality. We can make up a story and live inside that story, a virtual reality, our own reality. So I just want to bring that idea to your attention because when you're taking in new information, as adults, we're very practical people. And we tend to take what we're experiencing and try to fit it into our existing experience. And if it doesn't fit with our existing experience, we're less likely to believe it. There was a study done in, I think it was either University of Minnesota or Michigan, Michigan, I think, in 2010 or so, where they took a bunch of people with clear allegiances to political parties either Democrat or Republican, and they presented them with facts. And facts are those things that are indisputably true, just to review because our politicians are trying to change our view of facts themselves, defactualizing facts. So they exposed these people to facts that should have worsened their opinion of their party. So they exposed Democrats to lies that Democrats have told, they exposed Republicans to lies. Republicans have told so-and-so said this on this day, here are the actual facts, indisputable facts. And then through testing, they wanted to find out what that did to the allegiance of that person, the person had to their political party. And what did you expect happened? There's really three possibilities. Either it doesn't change their level of loyalty or belief in that party. It shook their belief in that party, made it less so. But there's a third option. And the third option is they believe more in the strength, truth, merit of that party. And guess what they found out? That's what happened. Overwhelmingly, the results of the study was showed scientifically that when you present people with facts, facts, capital F, that go against their existing beliefs, it causes them most of the time to double down on their existing beliefs when logically the opposite should happen. Now, why this is, is a really long story, but this should sober you because if you're a human being interested in growing in your awareness and skill and knowledge, this should be scary to you. Because we all do this. It's just a matter of how much and when. So I just wanted to name this. One, I mean, you could work with that for your entire life. I mean, whenever you have a knee-jerk reaction that says, that can't be true, or, well, I just don't believe that, 
when it's quick like that, especially if there's an emotional charge to it, that's usually a good clue that you may be doubling down on a belief that isn't true. So if you just start by accepting that we as human beings, myself included, we all do this. We like thinking we have a take on what's going on in the world. It's really not comfortable to have a belief, a take on reality, an opinion, a value for years and years and years and years, and then one day find out it isn't true. Nobody likes that. That's not comfortable. Who likes that? It's not really fun finding out you're wrong about something. It can be. It can be a lot more fun, but it takes a little work. So I just want to start out with that as context. So the, the content that this applies to today is about the responsibility that one has in relationship to the emotional state of one's boss. I think you all have bosses here, almost all of you. A lot of you have people reporting to you as well. And being in the middle is the hardest position. A lot of people think it's really difficult at the top, but actually it's more difficult being in the middle because you've got to deal with both kinds of authority dynamics. So it's really common. I once was talking to a, a manager a few months ago, and the person had a difficult truth to bring to their boss, who happened to be the owner of the company. And it was pretty important truth to bring. And I said, so why don't you tell them this? Well, they might get upset. Uh-huh, they might. But it's your opinion and it's your truth. Well, I don't want to really rock the boat. Things are kind of going pretty well right now. And boss seems kind of upset these days. Maybe I'll wait for another time. So on the surface, that seems like a really caring thing. Because, you know, people who care care about how what they bring lands in the other person. And you should care about that. I think that's a human thing to do. But let's make a distinction between caring how what you have to say lands in the other person and whether you're modifying whether or not you're bringing it because of how it might land. Those are two different things. Is it possible to worry about how it's going to land with someone and bring it to them anyway, for example? So let's just to take a step back for a moment. Is it appropriate for an employee to not bring some important aspect of their experience at work because they're afraid it might upset their boss. Let's unpack this. So what's said on the surface is, oh, I don't want to bring that. They, they might get upset. What's really going on is, I don't want to get in trouble. Or whatever it is. Whatever the real reason is. And let's slow the videotape down here. I don't want so-and-so, it's an other orientation. I'm afraid they might feel blah, blah, blah. But what it's really about is I'm afraid I might feel blah, blah, blah. There's a word for this. Does anybody know what that is? It's called caretaking or enabling. Enabling is a little bit more specific. But caretaking is the 
good use of care or the it's an an essential good care misused as an excuse. It's one way of describing it. And it happens in business contexts all the time. Um, that I, the idea of managing up, that you have to manage your manager in some way, is a form of caretaking. Your manager's emotional state is none of your business. It's none of your business. Now, that's different from... I'm not saying you shouldn't pay attention to it because you're a human being. You can't not pay attention to it. But again, this distinction between sensing it, paying attention to it, and there's a difference between that and you can care about it too. Oh, it looks like the boss is having a bad day. That's too bad. But then when you start changing your behavior because of that, now you're caretaking. I don't want employees to wait for their manager to make it safe because you'll wait forever. They're your boss. They decide whether you have a job or not. It's never going to be safe. It's not going to be safe. A, conversa- a regular kind of conversation between a manager and employee, and it can be initiated on either side, doesn't matter. In my opinion, ought to be, how is this going? And the employee can say, how, here's a really great question. An employee can ask their manager, you know, sometimes I can be really opinionated, if that's true, or sometimes I want to be really opinionated, and I, I think things are not going the way they ought to be around here. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being like, I'm completely disrespected you and I'm about to get fired, how hard have I ever pushed you from your perspective? Because what I, I've, I've done this with people before, and what inevitably happens is the employee would, and, and the employee should think what number they would give themselves. The employee maybe thinks they've gone to like nine, and the manager thinks they've gone to like four. That's often what the case is, that the, the manager actually has a lot more room. But just like I said in the beginning, just to not know about that. Let yourself not know how hard you've pushed for your own reality, your take on reality with your manager. Maybe you've pushed your, pushed your manager as far as you possibly can in some dom- domains. Maybe not. Ask them. Ask them. Isn't that better than finding out the hard way? You know, the day after a meeting, the manager says, you know what? What you brought yesterday, that was too much. You crossed a line there. You don't have to know where the line is. How are you going to know where the line is? Talk about it. But rather than engaging in this kind of conversation, which is an uncomfortable conversation, rather than engaging in this kind of conversation, what tends to happen is the employee makes up a story. Well, I can't bring that. Well, I can't bring that right now because they'll get upset. Well, they're having a hard week. Well, the business is having a tough time this month. I'll bring that later. And that's an excuse. Strictly speaking, I would say in that that moment, And the higher up on the org chart you are, the more this is the case. You're not doing your job. Because think about this. Many of you manage people. Let's turn it around. Imagine one of your employees this morning was thinking, you know, there's this thing I really want to bring, insert your name. But I'm not going to bring it today because they seem really busy. It doesn't seem like a good time. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with them considering your emotional needs and using it as a reason to not communicate with you about what's going on for them? Do you like that? Usually the answer is no. So now ask yourself, are you doing that with the person you report to? And this happens so subtly, so quickly, that 
we often don't even notice. So what I would invite you to consider is it's not a matter of whether or not, and this is not the truth. This is a way of, of framing it. It's a, it's a powerful place, a powerful perspective, not the truth, but carry it this way. It's not a matter of whether or not you're caretaking your boss. You are. It's just a matter of where and how and how much. That's the productive point of view that will help you find it. Maybe it's not true at all, but you're not going to find it going, well, this doesn't apply to me. Just assume that you are. Because caretaking is a part of our culture. It's all over the place. And what if your boss's emotional state is none of your business? Now, I know I can hear it through the internet lines. I can hear some of you saying, well, if they get upset and yell at me and my job is threatened, then it becomes my business. Right? Come on, raise your hand if you were thinking that. I know some of you were thinking that a little bit. Totally reasonable, right? So if someone who reported to you said to you, boss, there's something I want to talk about. And honestly, I'm afraid you're going to get upset. But I don't want to hold anything, hold anything back from you. And I want to bring this in, in as respectful a way as I possibly can. Is that okay? Can I do this? If you bring it in that way and your boss gets upset, you're in the wrong job. Or if they get upset momentarily and they apologize or whatever. But really, if you can't be that much you, you're not in the right job. You're, not work, you're, 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 you're more advanced than the person you're working for, which is a whole other problem. And it's, it's in exactly this way that the, the hierarchy which is a responsibility hierarchy in a business. A business is a responsibility of uh, a hierarchy of responsibilities, not the people at the top are better. They just have more responsibility. But what happens when the people, quote, below don't bring their full truth, their full opinion, their full experience to the people above them, then the people above them don't have the full story. They lack information. And some of you are in are high enough in on an org chart to already know what this is like, but for those of you who are not high up on an org chart, it's being near the top of an org chart. It's kind of like uh, flying with instruments, right? When you're not on the front lines of what's going on in a business, you have to intuit what's going on with customers, with clients from very little bits of information because you can't be everywhere all the time. So it's a responsibility and a competence thing that people below feed information up to the top. And of course, they should be curious. They should be engaging with you for sure, but they're not, they're not perfect. And if an employee waits for a manager to solicit information all the time, then they'll always be giving an incomplete set of information. In other words, managers need to be challenged. Another way of saying this, managers need to be challenged. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. 
Be sure to visit clearandopen.com for the latest tools, articles, and free resources to help you on your journey. Thanks for listening and bye for now.